Ladies and gentlemen, damas y caballeros, welcome back to El Cyber Higate podcast. Today will be the conclusion and the third part of the series of the first digital weapon. In the first podcast, we kicked things off with discussing how the virus was first noticed. In the second podcast, we discuss why the virus was first created and then who had created it. And in today's podcast, I'll discuss the aftermath of the weapon and how it opened Pandora's box. Great, let's go ahead and get started. So back in 2009 and in the late 2000s, zero-day exploits were seen as a rare commodity. I don't know if you remember this, but in the first podcast of the series, I mentioned that researchers would only come across 10 to 12 zero-day exploits at max, right? But that has changed dramatically since then. And the market for zero-day exploits did exist back then as well, but it was only sellers and buyers that were within the underworld of hackers and criminals. And that has changed exponentially. The market of zero-day exploits has been essentially commercialized, and the amount of buyers and sellers has exploded. Also, the sale of these vulnerabilities and exploits have been legitimized by the use of government dollars now. And when we're talking about selling and buying zero-day exploits, there's three different markets that come into play. The first is the white market bug bounty programs that are offered by software makers and website owners, companies like Google, Apple, and Microsoft. And these companies will pay hackers for information on security holes within their software. And what these programs have enabled these companies to do is, is be able to respond and fix vulnerabilities a lot quicker than they were able to before. The second market is the thriving underground black market, which is run by criminal hackers. These are catered to criminals and corporate spies that don't just sell the zero-day exploit, but also create the payload to weaponize the exploit. These are Trojan horses, spy kits, and other malicious tools created to steal online banker credentials or even company secrets and things like that. And these kind of vulnerabilities are not known by the general public or even the software makers until they've actually been used in, in real time. These underground criminal sales are somewhat being overtaken by the third market and the newest market, which is the gray market of digital arms dealers. These are defense contractors and private marketeers where the governments are now the customers and have driven up the price of these zero-day exploits way up to entice sellers away from the vendor bounty programs where the holes can actually be fixed into the arms of people who want to exploit them. And that market is called the gray market only because the buyers and the sellers are considered to be the good guys. And I use that in quotations because these good guys are supposedly acting in the interest of public safety and national security. But uh, one country's national security tool is another country's demise. Right. And on top of that, there's no guarantee that a government agency who buys these zero day exploits will use them appropriately. For example, you know, there's no restrictions on them using it to spy on a political opponent or against some kind of activist, or even provided to another government who might misuse it, right? But also, even when these vulnerabilities and exploits are sold to a government agency, they can't get disclosed to the software or hardware maker, which means the vulnerability will continue to exist and leaves them still open to an attack. Now, the sale of exploits and vulnerabilities is absolutely legal, and it's also almost entirely unregulated. I mean, there's restrictions in place that essentially say you can't, you know, sell to North Korea or Iran. But honestly, if you really wanted to, it wouldn't be that hard. And 
I want to talk about the price of zero-day exploits because I think that's going to drive the message home. The price of zero-day exploits, that tends to vary, uh, and that depends on the rarity or how difficult it was to find the vulnerability and to develop the exploit, and also what's the targeted software and how exclusive the sell is. Obviously, any exploit that's sold exclusively to a single customer will warrant a higher price than if it were sold to several others, right? Also, any exploits or vulnerabilities that can bypass an antivirus or any other security mechanisms that are put in place to protect the system, that's obviously going to drive the price up as well. And in recent years, companies like Google and Apple have increased their, their payouts incredibly in order to combat the gray market. I mean, Google and Apple, I think it was like last year or maybe the year before, announced that they would pay $1 million to whoever's able to hack into their newest iPhone or to the Google Pixel 3 and 4. But regardless of how much software companies are willing to pay sellers, they can never match what a government agency is willing to pay on the gray market. And I'll provide you a couple examples here. There's a company that operates out of a blacked out GMC van <laughs> with millions of dollars worth of spy tech within that van. They actually have a menu, like a menu, just like a coffee shop, where they offer different types of hacks and services to interested customers. And they're typically government agencies. For spyware or a Trojan horse into someone's iPhone and Android, they will charge it between $1 million to $5.5 million, depending on how much access is wanted. For intercepting Wi-Fi or injecting malware into someone's phone, $550,000 to $4 million. And that price tends to vary depending on how the attack is carried out. Intercepting GSM, which is essentially hacking communication done over 3G or 4G, that's going to cost around $1 to $4 million. Uh, location tracking is about 150k to 3 million and being able to locate any user across a country that costs between 2 million to 5.5 million dollars now i'll give you another example as well during covid everyone turned to teleconferencing software in order to work from home and just like every other software there's vulnerabilities as well right zoom has a vulnerability where hackers can perform a remote code execution in order to run malicious code on someone's computer and they also found a zero-day exploit in Windows that can be leveraged in combination with this Zoom vulnerability that would enable the hacker to take full control of the target's laptop without them even suspecting the thing. And how much do you think this type of attack would actually cost? Well, these hackers are actually selling this attack for $500,000. Now, Zoom has a bug bounty program, but I'm 100% sure they're not going to pay $500,000 for that, for that exploit. More like forty to 50000 at most. So as you can see, the white market will almost always be beaten by the gray market prices because you can't compete with government agencies' budgets, right? Now, there's been companies that have been created and even exist on the stock market that exclusively just sell and offer zero-day exploits and vulnerabilities. And there's... If you can think about the largest arms dealers like Lockheed and Martin, they have dedicated a whole division to only developing and selling exploits and vulnerabilities now. And these offerings are legit. Like companies are offering customers now a portal. Think of it like Amazon.com for hacks, where a customer will be able to browse through a portal and look through the different types of hacks available. And they even have the functionality now to alert a customer in real time any single time a new vulnerability is found and when an exploit becomes available. So really what I'm trying to convey here is that since, since the news of this specific virus came out, a whole market was created and legit companies were started specifically for selling zero-day exploits and vulnerabilities.
which is crazy. And what the sale of these vulnerabilities and exploits has raised a lot of questions about what our government's role should be, right? And and Congress hasn't hasn't done anything to discuss or create laws or even create restrictions around these zero-day exploit sales. And I mean, these vulnerabilities, they bring a lot of harm to corporations and critical infrastructure and even individual citizens like you and I, right? So this is what happened after the virus. This essentially a whole industry of companies began creating zero-day exploits and selling it to government agencies. Um, so, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Apologize for releasing a day late. I'm visiting some family members in the Midwest right now, and I really haven't had a chance to, to work on this much. So um, I'll also be changing my release cycle from Wednesday nights and Sunday nights to Thursday and Sunday nights. Thanks a lot for listening in, guys. Um, have a great rest of your night. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace.